0: revisit a text in second corinthians or that might might call it two corinthians 12 second corinthians 12 verses 7 through 10 now let me ask you this i want to know something i just need to be be clear here uh uh any of you know anybody who's who's perfect or any of you know anybody who thinks that they're perfect uh i didn't see any hands flying up in the room uh well you might know somebody that thinks they're perfect but you know them you you're pretty aware that they're probably not right so uh uh they used to talk about you know they talk about in the, in the in the quest for finding a church home a lot of times people are looking for the perfect church and they said the only problem is when you find the perfect church once you join it it will become imperfect <laughs> right uh and here's the thing in this life we will never be perfect we can uh uh, you weren't perfect before you became a believer, you, uh, and you're not perfect now. We strive for excellence. We grow in maturity. But perfection, it doesn't happen this side of, of, of heaven, right? We understand that. Uh, but the beautiful thing about it is that God accepts us as we are for who we are. Uh, he doesn't say, go get yourself together and come back. He doesn't say, you know, clean up your act, quit your bad habits, get a job, get a car get married for crying out loud, you know, get a, get a college, get a degree or something. And when you've got all that income and follow me, he calls us to follow him, and he, and he intersects us in our reality just as we are, and he meets us where we are. Isn't that good news? And, and Jesus, this is what he said in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. This is, he describes the process. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? Rest. And he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so God is, is, is wonderful at taking all of our, our hurts and our hang-ups, our issues, and turning things that we might see as deficits or as, as, as detriments and turning them around and using them for his purpose praise and glory. God accepts us as we are, and then he does this wonderful thing of empowering us to, so that he can use us in the way that he wants to use us, and we can become the people that he's designed us to be. Uh, but the way that God empowers us is not the way that it works in the world, and it's not the ordinary way. Because in the world, you you know, people... Are, would, would focus on or want us to focus on our strengths in order to be successful. But in the kingdom of God, it's the opposite. And, and we'll get this this morning from the Apostle Paul firsthand. Uh, and, and we begin with Second Corinthians twelve seven through 10. And I, w- I want to read this passage to you, and it's on the wall before you. And he says this. That's supposed to be three periods. Uh, you know, it was, it was dark. Because of these surpassingly great revelations, that's the sentence before. He's saying why it is that he... Uh, is saying what he's about to say. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, ouch, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, listen to these words, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. He says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulty. Here's, here's the bottom line. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It's, it's hard to come to that just in your human thinking but he, he's letting us know this, that we can depend on God and we can be honest about our weaknesses towards, with God and with each other so that God could make us strong even when we feel weak. Now, notice in verse 9, he says, he says, but he said to me, he's talking about God. It's a real important lesson in these, the, the, these few words that you'll miss. He said, this is God. He says, God spoke this to me. God said this to me. Verse 9 is an answer that God gave to Paul in prayer. And the answer that God gave to Paul was not exactly the answer that he was looking for. Right? You've ever had that happen? Uh, you know, Paul was asking for God to take his thorn away. And God basically said what? No. Uh, in a nice way. <laughs> in, the, in the Greek text, the word for he said is in the perfect tense. The perfect tense uh, embraces a, 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 something that happened in the past that has continuing results in the, the future and, and, and into the present and on into the future. And so it suggests that the decision God made with regard to Paul was a final decision. God said, nope, that's it. Not, not going to do it. You know, in other words, if God says it, Paul says, I I believe it, I believe it's final. And more than that, Paul's use of this perfect verb uh, tells us that he still hears in the moment that he's writing this, the, the echo of that previous revelation from God. And what Paul had heard in the past remains for us a source of power and comfort today in what we're dealing with in the moment, right? God will speak to us, but he speaks to us so that he can empower us to live in the moment, in the present. But you notice that Paul trusted God, even though God said no to him. Paul, I think, understood something that sometimes we forget, and that is that God had his best interest in mind. Um, You realize, don't you, that no is actually an answer to prayer, right? Uh, If God did not say no to Paul, at that particular time in his life, when Paul didn't understand the value of of leading out of weakness rather than out of his strength, he might have his his view of the power of God would have been diminished in his own mind and understanding because he would have come to feel and believe it as though it was really all about him. And so, I have to be in, in I have to be in perfect form, and I have to be free of difficulties, and I have to I have to have my head clear. I, I don't need this 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 thorn or this issue, you know, that 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 I'm dealing with. I have to be. I have to have it all together in order to for God to use me in order to to be the leader that I'm called to be. But the reason God told Paul no was uh, so that he would not become conceited. We use the language from King James, like "puffed up" about all these great revelations that God had been showing him. Paul had seen stuff that you and I will never see because of the way that God dealt with him. And there was a tendency, and some of you have known spiritual people that have had experiences with God that were kind of deep, and and they and they kind of wore it on their sleeve, like they, you know, and they thought that that gave them some kind of of cloud. But but God wanted to learn for Paul to learn a very valuable lesson from this answer, no. So be attentive to the fact that when God says yes and answers your prayers affirmatively, there's also a lesson to be learned from the no. Right? And so three things in there, three bills in this one slide. Number one, depend on God for strength. Depend on God for strength. Despite Paul's weaknesses, God was able to make him what? Strong. And so Paul learned something. The day that God told Paul no, Paul learned something about the, quali- the kind of people that God uses, the kind of people that God can use. And Paul had what is referred to as a thorn in the flesh. And so he was certainly not a perfect person. And, and uh, biblical scholars are not sure what this thorn was, whether it was a physical ailment, maybe an eye condition, uh, maybe a, a speech defect, or maybe epilepsy uh, or maybe in the realm of his, of, of his, of his headspace, uh, the agony uh, of people always criticizing him and opposing him. you notice in Paul's ministry, everywhere he went, he was, he was met with opposition. Uh, or some think it might have been a spiritual temptation like the tendency to be bitter or the tendency to be proud. Whatever it was, it tormented Paul. The idea of, have you, you, you ever had a, 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 you ever been working with your roses and got, can you imagine a chronic thorn sticking into your, your hand or your, your flesh? It's, it's going to be ongoing pain. Whatever it was, it was a source of torment to Paul. And Paul, Paul was, to a degree, kind of handicapped. Uh, and and, and by, by this thing, it, 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 it diverted his attention. It, it, it sapped him of some vitality. It, it distracted him at times. But, but look at how God used him despite his handicap. Whatever it was, God took this guy to places with the gospel that changed the course of history, the history of the world. So Paul, like you and me, was not perfect and did not have a perfect life or a perfect reality or perfect circumstances. And know this, that regardless of the situation that you find yourself in, regardless of the circumstances that you're faced with, regardless of wherever you find yourself in life, That's where God has placed you, and that's exactly where He wants to use you. Uh, He strategically placed each of us where we are at this moment in history for His purpose. Do you believe that? And what we have to do then is do what Paul did, and that is to depend on God. And what God told Paul was this, and I love these words. He says, My grace is sufficient. Do you believe that the grace of God is enough? that the grace of God is sufficient, as a matter of, you know, it means to be sufficient means that it's enough, we can be content, we can be satisfied, it can be, we can be complete. What Paul is saying is when God says to us his grace is sufficient, it means that, that we can be content in what God has for our lives, because whether you're at a high point in your life, or whether you are at a a low point in your life, God knows what's best and he would never do anything to hurt you. And God is more than enough at every moment in every season of our lives. So Paul was suffering and God didn't relieve his pain the way he asked, but God gave him the grace to carry on in life because God knew what Paul needed and and that is what he gave him. So this speaks loudly to us in our situations because if God didn't believe in us, you ever think about that? If God didn't believe in us and believe in what he's placed in us and give us the grace that we need to carry on in life, we wouldn't be here today. Have you ever stopped to consider the fact that God believes in us? God believes in you. The question is, what about Jesus' faith in us? But he must have faith in us because he's... So he's called us to be his disciples and told us, entrusted us with the task of going and making more disciples. What if Jesus actually believes that we can become like him and we can live like him? Jesus has that faith in you that you can follow him and be like him. He believes it and that is the foundation of our calling. That's what the foundation of our calling should be based on. And that's why he chose you and why he chose me. And so our task is to do what? To depend on God. And as we depend on God, like Paul learned to depend on God, we'll be able to do things in the kingdom of God that we might never have imagined. But we first must learn to depend on God. The second thing we need to do is to to be real about our weaknesses. Be real about your weaknesses. Look at what he says in verse 9. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I know that we want to have it all together. I know that we want, I, I, we, people, we talk about balance in life, you know, having a balanced life, everything, you know, being, in, you know, which is so hard to find, isn't it? We tend to be all over the place. Uh, but someone said this, it may be true that God works his best when we are a mess. And the word perfect here, my power is made perfect in weakness, means to fully share in an experience so much that you cannot get anything else out of it. And so to experience God's power to the max, God literally turns our weaknesses into strengths. And this is a passive verb. It means that God is doing the action. My power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect. God does that. You're not doing that. And so... He does the, the work. He does the action. And we are the recipients. We're on the receiving end. And it's our job to expose our weaknesses, to be real about them, to be honest about them with God and to be real about our weaknesses with each other. And it's God's job to turn those weaknesses into strengths. I, 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 wanna, I, I wonder how many of us share our weaknesses with other people, with one another on a, on a regular basis. Probably not, huh? When we share, we like to talk about our strengths, our, 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 our triumphs, our successes. We tend to believe that only strong people and people who have it all together can lead. And only those people who are perfect, those people who got it, everything, all their ducks in a row, so to speak. But that's not the case here. That's not what Paul is saying. So God gives Paul the permission to be vulnerable. God gives Paul the permission to be real. He gives Paul the permission to be honest and and to expose his weaknesses. And Paul is a perfect example who, of someone who becomes a great leader, not in spite of, but in the midst of and with his weaknesses. So Paul has some handicap that was a hindrance to him to some degree. But, and it was a hindrance to him until God revealed to him that even with his weaknesses, he can still be a great leader in the kingdom of God. You notice what it doesn't say. Paul, in your strengths, I will make you stronger. God says that in the midst of the very thing that you're not so good at, in the mistakes that you've made, even in in your struggles with sin, God says to us, I can give you the power and the grace to be strong in me. God wanted Paul to know that it's all about depending on him and the ability to be real and honest and vulnerable about your weaknesses. One of the hardest things to do in life is to tell someone else about your weaknesses. We think we have to walk around always on point. We think we have to be on top of the world all the time where we're in front of people. But as we grow deeper in community, we learn to find spaces, safe places amongst ourselves where we can be honest and real about our weaknesses and our vulnerabilities. And so Paul learned that if he were to expose his weaknesses, as he's doing here, that Jesus' power would work in and through him. And God wants to work in and through us when we're at our low point so that then he can lift us up and give us the strength we need to carry on. And so like Paul, we would do well to learn that it's okay to expose our weaknesses just think about the kind of people that God uses in the Bible. I, 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 the way some Christians do life, I wonder if they actually read the Bible because the expectations that we have of each other and of ourselves, look at the kind of, of people that God uses in the Bible. They're absolutely not the kind of people that ha- were able to depend solely on their own gifts or resources they became great because they were real about their weaknesses, and God used them in the midst of their weaknesses. Let me, let me give you a few examples. Uh, and these people are just like regular folks like you and me. Remember that. All the great heroes of the faith, they're, they're, they're really no better than you and I are. They have, the same, they have the same issues. I mean, Moses stuttered. David's armor didn't fit because it was Saul's. John Mark deserted Paul. Timothy had ulcers probably. Hosea's wife was a prostitute. Amos had only been trained as a farmer. Jacob was a liar. David had an affair. He murdered and abused his power. Paul was a persecutor. Come on, Moses was a murderer. Jonah ran from the will of God. We talked about him recently. That was a fishy situation there. Gideon and Thomas doubted. Jeremiah became depressed and suicidal. We talked about him recently. Elijah, became, uh, no, Elijah, when we talked about who became burnt out and went and holed up in a cave. John the Baptist... <laughs> was a loud mouth. Martha worried too much. Noah got stoned. I don't mean with rocks, but I mean in the Ray Charles sense. Noah got drunk. <laughs> Somebody said Solomon was too rich and Jesus was too poor. Abraham was too old and David was too young. Moses had a short fuse and so did Peter. Paul and a whole lot of... If you have anger issues, a lot of people in the Bible had anger issues. But what they all had in common was that they exposed their weaknesses and they're recorded in Scripture. You see them for who they are. And they depended on God for God to work through them regardless of their weaknesses. Regardless of what people told them, they believed what God said. That's why they're heroes of the faith. They just kept on going and they did what God told them to do, even in the midst of their own imperfections. And God used them just as they were. Look at the apostle Peter. The, the day that Peter denied Jesus three times. He could barely speak that night around a fire in the presence of a little girl, but yet it was Peter who stands up on the day of Pentecost and preaches the first gospel sermon, and 3,000 people give their lives to Christ, and Peter had exposed his weaknesses. He was seen for who he was. He repented for what he had done. He learned how to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit, and Peter changed the course of history. So we have to depend on God. We have to expose our weaknesses. And then finally, number three, as a result of doing those things, we must disco- you must discover that you can be strong even when you are weak. Discover that you can be strong even when you are weak. You've got to get in touch with that. have got to learn that. have got to embrace that. have got to believe it. Anyone ever call you a crackpot? You, if they did, they probably wouldn't do it to your face, right? But there's a story of a, a water carrier carrier who lived once in in India and he had two large pots for his task of carrying water. He had a pole across his neck and he attached a pot pot at each end of the pole and one of the pots had a big crack in it while the other one was fine. It was perfect, right? And so the the perfect pot would always deliver a full, you know, full portion of water from the stream to the master's house where the, the water carrier had to take it while the crack pot arrived half full every day. And so for two years, this, this, this water carrier made the same journey, and the perfect pot became proud of its accomplishments. The cracked pot was ashamed of its imperfections and miserable that it was only able to accomplish half of what it was, it was made to do. And finally, one day, by the stream, the cracked, pot, uh, the cracked pot spoke to his owner about his bitter failure. He says, I'm ashamed of myself, and I want to apologize that I've only been able to deliver half of my water to your house. There's a crack in my side which causes water to leak out. And because of my flaws, you don't get full value from your efforts. Then the water carrier smiled and replied, he said, As we return to the master's house, I want you to notice the beautiful flowers along the path. So on that trip from the stream, the cracked pot looked around. And the, the water carrier said, Did you notice that there are flowers only on your side of the path? but not on the other part's side. He says, that's because I have always known about your flaw. And so I took advantage of it. I've planted seeds on your side of the path. And every day we passed those spots, you watered them. So now for two years, I've been able to pick those beautiful flowers to decorate my master's table. And he concludes with this. He says, without you being just the way you are, I would not have this beauty to grace his house. That's the way God works. God is able to use imperfect people to do amazing things. Consider, I mean, look at how God used Paul. Even though he was just a broken water pot, in the, in, 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 just as broken as a water pot, pot in that story, God used him to do great things despite his past history and despite his weaknesses. And in Paul, Paul had another name before he became Paul. In his former life, he was called Saul. He was a Pharisee. He oversaw Christian executions, and, and he, he, he stood close by as Stephen was stoned to death and hold, held the coats, the jackets, if you will, of, of the people that were stoned. Hey, Paul, have, I can you know, lob this rocket at Stephen. And, and, but that wasn't enough for him. He, he went to the, the high court and he got, got, got a warrant, if you will, uh, authorization to go from, t- from, from town to town and arrest Christians and bring them to put on trial, ultimately to be executed. And despite all of that, despite all of these things, God in his great mercy was able to use Paul to bring the gospel to the ends of the known world. And countless people became Christians under Paul's ministry. So the same Paul who literally killed Christians, is now pointing them to Jesus. So when God sees weaknesses as he did in Paul's life, he sees potential strengths. If God can use Paul, he can certainly use any one of us to do his work. The world looks at weaknesses differently than God, doesn't it? According to the world, if you have a weakness, then you're Unqualified to do whatever the task is. But with God, it is the opposite. And I always like to say this. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Yeah. Let me say that again. God does not call the qualified, but he qualifies the call, called. So in verse 10, he says, This is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul didn't say he delighted in how big his following was or how many people had, be, had been saved through his ministry or how many churches he had planted. Paul bragged about his weaknesses. Paul was up front and Paul was real and Paul was personal with the Corinthians because He wanted to show them the real formula for success in the kingdom of God, which is different from from success in the world. So the formula goes like this. If you want to make a a kind of a a sentence out of it, depend on God, number one, plus expose your weaknesses, be honest about your weakness, equals your old weaknesses being transformed into new strengths by the power of God. So Paul had pleaded with God three times that he would take away his thorn God didn't answer Paul's prayers according to his desires, but yet God still moved in a powerful and beautiful way. God didn't perform physical surgery, but spiritual surgery on Paul. Instead of removing the thorn, God gave, gave him new grace to live with the thorn. For some of us, we're going to pray and receive marvelous answers and marvelous victories and deliverances from things in our lives because our God does answer prayer. The Bible invites us to come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need, yes. For some of us, there are weaknesses in our lives that will be eradicated. There are thorns that will be removed from us. There are, there are situations that seem intractable now that will, that will be resolved by the power of God. Yes, it doesn't negate that. But in other situations, there are weaknesses, and there are things about us that aren't going to change tomorrow. There are things about us that, will, that we may have to live with for a while, there are things in our lives, there are things that beyond our control that have to do with the other people in, 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 in our orbit of existence. But, my friends, understand this. Whatever it is you're faced with, whatever seems like a weakness in your life, know this, that God's grace is enough. It's sufficient. It's all we need. Amen? So, if, amen, amen. So be encouraged this morning, will you? Will you be encouraged today to know that, that his strength is made perfect in your weakness? And he, he's, he's he and he he'll, he'll meet you where you are